Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to be talking about Bethesda's Starfield. Yes, the open world role-playing game set in a science fiction universe that basically no one knows anything factual about because Bethesda and Microsoft have not deigned to show us any real gameplay as of yet, is nevertheless one of the more popular topics on the internet to get heated about, to have active discussions about online. And yesterday was no exception. Now, why was that? Well, a tweet went out, here shown as about 23 hours before the taping of this video, from a Twitter user named The Red Dragon that said, Bethesda's Pete Hines suggests the door might still be open for possibility of games like Starfield coming to the PlayStation 5 in the future. Now, if you haven't been following this whole story, Bethesda makes Starfield or will be making Starfield. It's been on their list of games that they're working on for a long, long time now and had been making it as Bethesda had done for its entire history on multiple platforms. That changed when Microsoft bought Bethesda for $8 billion and Microsoft decided to make Starfield and other games that they weren't contractually bound already to distribute, like Deathloop coming next month, and make them Microsoft exclusive so that they could sell Game Pass and Xboxes. And a lot of folks have come out and said, that's why you spend that money. And I don't necessarily disagree, although I would have liked to have seen something more aggressive in terms of business model. And PlayStation fans have not been taking that news particularly well. Bethesda used to make games for everybody. They're very popular games. Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, uh, Starfield now maybe will be that popular. And PlayStation fans are being left out in the cold. So you get a piece of information like this. You get an interview like this from Pete Hines. And a number of folks enter into their console warrior battling. And I had this across my timeline for the last 24 hours. So I wanted to talk about the messaging a little bit. I'm going to bring up a number of Twitter users, not to disparage them. This is basically the tone of the conversation that I've seen in social media in general, but to talk about why I think that it's more a Microsoft problem and more specifically a merger integration problem than it is a problem on behalf of the players or Sony fans, as the case may be. Here's Benji Sales on Twitter. If you want to play future Bethesda games like Starfield, The Elder Scrolls Six. Redfall, etc. It's going to be through either Xbox PC or Xbox Cloud. It's really just that simple. Can we all finally move on from this? Randall Thor, 19. I wonder if the same people who reported and twisted the info about Starfield maybe coming to PlayStation will send out new tweets and articles saying that they were wrong, misleading. I would guess no, since that doesn't fit their agenda. Tell me you're a dumbass without telling me you're a dumbass. Starfield still has a chance to be on PlayStation. In fact, Pete Hines at Bethesda himself got in on the act. Uncle Pete, were you really suggesting this? Didn't seem like you and Aaron Greenberg were, but looks like it needs some clarification. No, that isn't what I was suggesting. And he included a gif of a Bob's Burgers character, I want to say. I'm literally grasping at straws to indicate that everybody else is a conspiracy theorist and are twisting his words and misunderstanding. Aaron Greenberg at Xbox Proper said... As part of this thread, Starfield will be and launching exclusively on Xbox Series XS and PC on November 11th, 2022. Game Pass members can play it day one as well on Xbox and PC. I know we have said this all before and none of that has or will change. A little bit of irritation creeping into the communications 
from Mr. Greenberg. And of course, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you might note that the a and version of a or an article doesn't really work with launching. And one can imagine that that used to say will be an exclusive on Xbox and was changed to a launching exclusively. But Aaron has a response to the folks that think that as well. See, now that you said launching exclusively, they will come back saying it will be released later on other platforms. We have tried to be as clear as possible, says Mr. Greenberg. Not a timed exclusive. This is simply where the game is being made. And even Matt Piscatella, famously talking about NBDs and sales of video games, says, can't believe people out there still think Starfield is making it to PlayStation. Be like Elsa and let it go. And if you aren't familiar with Twitter, yes, this level of snark and sarcasm is pretty par for the course, even from high-level professionals across the social media spectrum. And you look at that and you say, wow, the PlayStation fans or the outlets that reported on these things must have got it really wrong. They're twisting words. Microsoft, of course, wouldn't be walking back their exclusivity. And yet, we can start to look at summaries of this and some very interesting things happen. Here's the GameSpot article that talks about this. Now, it's headlined right now on your screen in front of you as Bethesda and Microsoft respond to Starfield on PS5 questions. They bring up that Greenberg tweet. We have tried to be as clear as possible, not a timed exclusive. This is simply where the game is being made. It says the article was written today, about four and a half hours ago. But if you scroll down, and we'll be, of course, reading the substance here, you see a bracketed statement. Following the publication of this story, Heinz and Greenberg shared additional commentary on social media regarding this particular interview, some of which we just looked at. And if you actually look at this article and see how GameSpot linked it late last night, you will see that it was previously headlined, Bethesda's Pete Heinz has a message for PlayStation fans feeling left out after the Microsoft buyout. And I don't know what the GameSpot standards of updating things are. I'm used to seeing an, uh, an original date of posting and an updated here. Looks like the story was originally posted at 6 p.m. Eastern last night with this kind of headline. It got updated this morning, got a bracket here, but there's no other indication that it ever bore this prior title. Even if you go on this twi uh, tweet, you will link to the new version of the article. So GameSpot has changed what it has reported on based on that social media commentary. Now, what did they originally report had happened in this particular interview? They reported as follows. Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda has ruffled some feathers because it means that at least some of the studio's games are now becoming Xbox properties, leaving PlayStation behind. Bethesda's Pete Hines and Xbox's Aaron Greenberg discussed this as part of Gamescom recently. And Hines started off by saying he doesn't actually have a good answer for PlayStation fans who are upset by the news. In the wake of Starfield being announced as an Xbox exclusive, Heinz also acknowledged that, I don't know if I would go so far as to say you're done ever playing stuff on PlayStation. Now that's a pulled quote. We'll get a little bit more context for that later on in the article. Now we have our bracketed, hey, we're updating this because Pete Hines and Aaron Greenberg denied all of this as part of their social media push. But I want to take a step back before we get into more of the quotes there. He absolutely said the words, I don't know if I would go so far as to say you're done ever playing stuff on PlayStation. And I think it's important to understand the roles at issue here. Pete Hines was at Bethesda in the capacity of marketing and communications for the company for what LinkedIn shows as almost 22 years. This is the vast majority of his functional, productive career. And in that job, his role was to communicate with prospective customers. And in that job, it would have been prospective customers at the PC, on the Xbox, and 
on the PlayStation as well as on the Switch or other Nintendo platforms that could support Bethesda games from time to time. That role is all-encompassing. And one of the jobs in that role is to make sure you're not offending any particular customer base to the best that you can. Obviously, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has missteps. We're all human beings, I think, that are in this space together here in virtual legality. But that role is distinct from a platform holder's role. And one of the reasons I wanted to take this step back is because I think Pete Hines makes some mistakes in the way that he communicates in this particular interview. I think they were properly reported on for cracking that door a little bit open for Bethesda games on other platforms. I don't necessarily think that was his intent. I think you're looking at a person that for 20 years had the job of trying to balance different constituencies and make them as happy as he possibly can, which is a different job from the job that Aaron Greenberg has, who's formerly at Microsoft and at Xbox proper, and knows basically that the premise here is that we're going to make these things exclusive so as to increase the value of the Xbox brand, more specifically the Game Pass brand, and there's a little bit of a loggerheads there. And this isn't unusual for a merger. When you've got giant companies that have their own infrastructure, that have an SVP of global marketing and communications that has 22 years of history in the role, you're gonna be deciding how those people function within your new fulsome company of both Bethesda and Microsoft. And there's going to be some culture clashes there. Not intentionally, you don't see Pete Hines trying to usurp authority here, but you do get slightly different communication styles and Aaron Greenberg appears to have been to this rodeo before. So if we look at these quotes as we go down the line, keep that in mind. Pete Hines from Bethesda, this deal is still very, very new and is trying to communicate on things that are effectively above his pay grade. I've said here in virtual legality, even for $8 billion, I would have liked to have seen Microsoft at least explore with some of the games the possibility of putting them on Game Pass in the Xbox ecosystem and selling them on PlayStation at the same time so that you at least had some kind of experimental control group for such a big publishing entity. The by far easiest way to justify your big expense is to just make them exclusive and tell the bean counters in accounting that that's why you paid that much money. But I honestly think personally that there was a better, more aggressive way to shop these assets that you have purchased. Microsoft went in a different direction, but it wouldn't surprise me if folks in the now purchased Bethesda, and that might include Pete Hines, it might not include Pete Hines, had different opinions on how the big assets that are in the Bethesda umbrella should have been handled post-acquisition. It's not going to be up to most people at Bethesda. They didn't decide to sell the company to Microsoft, and now they find themselves thrust into a different position. I have no idea how to state this in a way when I don't know. I don't know the answer. It doesn't exist. It's not like I know it, and I just don't want to tell you. I don't know, Heinz said. And this quote appears to be related to what should you tell PlayStation fans? Are they ever going to see any of these big games? It's above my pay grade, essentially, says Pete Hines. And these decisions are being made in different rooms, maybe in different buildings, maybe in different cities than I am in. And while I would have been working on the marketing to get these games in front of PlayStation fans, I'm not really the right person to ask about these things. Hines went on to point out that Bethesda fans on PlayStation consoles might not be shut out entirely 
from playing future titles from the studio. Though it seems clear Xbox is getting preferential treatment as would be expected in this type of situation, which appears to be editorial from GameSpot. Here's Mr. Hines again. There are Xbox brands that exist on other platforms first and foremost. I think that's important to note. Microsoft didn't just stop existing on anything once Mojang got bought by Xbox. It's a massively played game on all of these other platforms. It's not a sorry you're never going to get to play anything by Bethesda again. Certainly there are going to be things that you're not going to be able to play on PlayStation. Starfield, it was announced as a thing that's an Xbox exclusive, he said. I don't know if I would go so far as to say you're done ever playing stuff on PlayStation, but again, I don't know the answer to that right now. So taking a step back, you've got Mr. Hines here from Bethesda, now from Bethesda, Microsoft, however you want to frame it, post-acquisition, essentially not wanting to offend people that helped build his company over the past 22 years. And I think that comes from a good place, in all honesty. These are always tricky situations. The business justification for something doesn't necessarily match the gamer's justification for something. That's why I don't like console warriors stuff on social media. If you're not getting money directly from Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo or Gabe Newell or whoever it might be, your investment should primarily be in making sure that you get to play the games that you want to play, not in whose console makes that possible and who you're preventing others from playing. Here, we have something different. We have Mr. Hines saying, I don't want to close that door. Think about Minecraft. Minecraft's on both consoles. I don't want to go so far as to say you're done ever playing stuff on PlayStation. And then when that gets reported in various places from the Red Dragon in GameSpot as Pete Hines has a message for PlayStation players, that's not a mistake of Sony fans. That's not a mistake of people reading it differently. It's not what all these tweets say it is. Yes, Microsoft has tried to be as clear as possible in certain respects. Certainly, Aaron Greenberg knows what the bullet points are for the messaging statement they're supposed to make on behalf of Microsoft. But there is no question that this kind of language is cracking that door open, that the blame properly falls for this on Microsoft. And in fairness, this is the kind of thing that gets you a nasty phone call or a closed door meeting or potentially worse. I have no doubt that Mr. Hines had a talk with someone at Xbox, especially after this went up yesterday and said, you can't talk like that, right? And Aaron Greenberg who I said has been to the rodeo before on this stuff, knew this, I think, as it was happening. As for Greenberg, he said he's wary to even talk about the issue because of how mixed up things can get with his quotes. I want to be careful. I know it's a question people care a lot about. It's also a tricky one for us to answer because, frankly, it can get sensationalized on the internet. Now, in fairness, it's not that tricky to answer. The only trickiness in the answer is trying to also make other people happy at the same time. You finally get at the end of this article, and of course I will link it in the description. I'm not including everything that was included herein. To that end, Greenberg reminded people that Microsoft's first party games will also release on PC and through the cloud. So PlayStation users could play that way. If you can start to conceptualize down the road where cloud can go, it starts to not care about what platform. It just says, I'm an Xbox Game Pass cloud thing, and you can stream me on a thing if you've got a controller. The whole idea of it, it's either an Xbox thing or it's a PlayStation thing. I'm not saying that's gone away, but that's a little bit too 1990s or 2000. It's a new era of gaming today being everywhere. That's why I'm so excited about Xbox is because it's moved away from this. We're trying to sell a box and that's all we care about. We do care about that. But I think the vision there and the goals there are much bigger and more exciting, quite honestly. 
And here's where you get into that trickiness and weird messaging, right? Because that's great. Everybody loves more gamers getting to play more things. Game Pass is bringing that to a lot of people. I like Game Pass. I like PlayStation. I love my Nintendo. I like playing on PC. I like games everywhere. And I think you should too. But it's also a little bit disingenuous to come out with this kind of kumbaya set of statements that say, ah, there's no such thing as boxes anymore when part of your business model is we're going to make sure that we don't sell this thing that had been being worked on for a PlayStation release through the merger and acquisition earlier this year. We're going to cut all that off because we think we can accrue more value to our company. Now, hey, that's competition, baby. It's totally fine with me from a business perspective, but gamers don't have to like it. And when you try to blow smoke like this, while at the same time leaving the door open a crack so that you're not hated, so that you're not accruing bad will, which is what you've done for 20 years, and I totally understand how it happens, then don't get upset when it gets reported like this. And don't pretend that people are not reading the suggestion that you did pose in your quotes, which is essentially, I don't want to be a bad guy. I'm not making these decisions. Who knows whether something will come out on PlayStation again? And by the time you're Aaron Greenberg saying it's definitely launching exclusively, you have a misstep in your grammar here that I'm sure conspiracy theorists are already looking at, and you're trying to say it's not a timed exclusive, that might well be true as of today. But in all honesty, I'm not sure if this game is going to launch in November of 2022. We haven't seen one whit of it, so we don't know whether it will launch then. But even if it does, if Xbox and Microsoft turn around in five years and say Game Pass isn't doing what we wanted in X, Y, or Z, we think we could sell it to a brand new user base on either Nintendo or PlayStation or otherwise, that's going to happen. Yes, you can say that isn't the plan right now. But gaming in particular is an industry where we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now, let alone five years from now. And Microsoft is a good company. They know what they're doing. And they've got plans within plans within plans, just like Sony does, just like Nintendo does. And so if you're going out here with this notion that people were twisting these words, I'm sorry, I'm just not there with you. I'm there with the folks that say that's trying to play both sides against the middle. Pete Hines probably needs a behind closed doors talking to from Microsoft to get their ducks in a row and to keep him from going so far afield in the messaging statements that Microsoft wants him desperately by all looks to make. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about things like messaging, communications, how those things are received online for video games, pop culture, and other materials, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon. We've got other ways to support us down below in the description, or if you just subscribe, upvote, downvote, leave comments, post this wherever you think somebody might be interested in it, and tell your friends, I very, very much appreciate the effort and support. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.